Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Vents. This is Fed Weekly. A collaboration between Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture. Let's get it cracking. I'm Amelia. And I'm Santos. And this is Vent Daily. This week, we're putting out an episode every single day. And we're choosing what to talk about. Every day, Event Weekly host, that's either me, Sabrina, Santos or Nuruddin, is bringing a subject to the table that we want to talk about concerning mental health. And today is my episode. I want to talk about relationships and mental health. I've invited Anna Alexander from Split Banana and Vice Associate Editor Daisy Jones on to talk about how we can understand relationships with ourselves and others a bit better. Could you guys introduce yourselves, please? Hi, my name's Anna. I'm founder of Split Banana and we deliver sex and relationship education programmes in schools and community spaces and we use art to do it. And I'm Daisy Jones. I'm Associate Editor at Vice And I write and commission pieces on everything from relationships to LGBT issues to the internet. First of all, I thought it would be helpful for us to understand the difference between a healthy relationship and a toxic relationship. So I wanted to ask Anna where we should start with this. I think healthy relationships look different to different people, obviously. But I think on the whole, it's about building each other up and getting like that goodness from each other. I think toxic relationships are ones in which you continually feel quite shit or low level shit. I'd even say like, I think this toxic element is actually one where you're quite like locked into each other. So it's like you feel shit. There's also an inescapable element, I'd say Mm -hmm. as well, which is probably quite key in a toxic one. And you, Daisy? I think like um, a healthy relationship has a degree of independence in it. You know, I don't think codependency is like a great model for a healthy relationship. And I think a toxic relationship is like if you find yourself going through a constant cycle of arguing them, making up and arguing them, making up and this like it sh- it shouldn't be that difficult. Like it should be comfortable and happy. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like people kind of often romanticise the whole idea of like being able to argue and get back with people and argue and get back. It's like. I don't think a relationship should be so difficult anyway. It shouldn't be so, like, unpredictable. I feel like it should just be pretty smooth. And I feel like definitely, like, within our generation, we don't have an understanding of what a, like, normal relationship should be like. We're just so used to, like, toxic behaviour. Everyone talks about it and almost, like, jokes about it as well. Like, with, like, toxic masculinity, toxic femininity and stuff like that. So, like, what is it about us generally that we can't kind of let go of certain situations is it just based on Mm. like the feelings that we have for people well i feel like you said so many interesting things though amelia um (laughs) okay so i feel it's interesting as well that you think that it's getting like worse 
Is that is that what you feel? Kind of, yeah. I feel like, well, especially because of like social media, everyone tells everyone what's going on in their life. I feel like it might have already been happening, I'm not sure. But I guess because we live in this digital age where, like, everyone's always talking about their shit. Yeah, I think that's really interesting in terms of getting tolerant, like, getting tolerant and also already, like, expecting these negative things before you go into it. exactly. I wouldn't necessarily have thought that. I think it's also interesting what you're saying about, like, the idea of a normal relationship because I also, like, don't believe normal normal anything, like, in terms of when it comes (laughs) to sex and relationships. I think that's, like, a really good thing to keep in your mind always that like I think also we're constantly sold this idea of normal and normally someone's making a profit off it but (laughs) so I think going back to your question I actually don't know how to answer that because I think in my experience it's like being sold like a positive and like being sold like this fake thing before going into it and then not knowing what to do once it gets Mm. kind of shit so I feel like it's interesting that perspective because I don't feel like I've seen that as much I feel like that's with like all kinds of relationships though not just like intimate relationships Mm. with partners because what i've learned through life is that realistically you only know what people want you to know about them and then that's that's why when you're in a relationship now with a partner it's different because you start spending more time with them seeing them in like different situations so like you kind of learn how they react to certain things Mm, and through that you can kind of establish more or less how they function with what amelia said with our generation is just the lack of understanding one another i also feel like through my experiences a lot of Mm -hmm. the time even from my side of things i didn't necessarily know who i was completely or you know my my exact direction in life and i was still trying to figure other things out but i still felt like i was ready to take on relationships with other people who were on the exact same boat as me. But I slowly learned that not knowing those little things about myself like affected not just myself in a relationship, but also other people. I think that's so hard as well, isn't it? Because it's like the basis of having a happy and healthy relationship in a way is having a, it is knowing yourself, mm-hmm. right? And it's like not even knowing yourself in like this loose like self-love kind of way. It's like literally knowing, knowing like your patterns, knowing what's been modeled to you, knowing like what you're taking Mm -hmm. in. And I think first relationships are so hard because like you said, Santos, like you're both figuring it out and learning those things, but like in the presence of another person, which can end up being so difficult. And then what can be difficult is once you've had that and you've experienced something really negative, it's actually really hard to bounce back from that as well. I think it's like what you both touched on earlier is like if something's making you feel like shit all the time I think that's a pretty good indicator of understanding the difference and like if you find yourself constantly feeling like oh drained and like like you're not having a good time you're not having fun I think that's like to trust your actual bodily reaction to something is quite a good indicator and in listening to yourself yeah I'm big on that I feel like it all kind of ties into what Anna was saying and Santos was saying about like actually knowing yourself as well. Mm. I think we kind of all, I definitely have fallen victim, even to myself in a way when it comes to relationships, because I have not been like fully confident in myself. You kind of develop habits or behavior like patterns where you kind of are trying to learn yourself through somebody else. And that, and then you kind of become dependent on their opinion of you. And when like, so like if stuff is going wrong or falling to shit, like you feel so bad and you internalize it so much because you kind of built your identity in your partner when you should kind of have that already. And cause no one's ever going to be the finished article 
But I feel like even to start off with a little bit more confidence in yourself might make relationships a bit easier because then you can put in place things like boundaries mm. and like you still have your own level of independence as well. And then you can still, you can, you're able to balance your time between your boyfriend or girlfriend and what you're supposed to be doing in life. The things that you find interesting, I feel like a lot of us build our interests based on our partner. And that's kind of like codependent. Yeah. Something that probably a lot of us didn't really get taught when we were younger was to really know yourself and to really understand yourself and love yourself first before you get into a relationship. Because that way I feel like you become just naturally less tolerant yeah. to bullshit. And like you're, you can spot what is toxic for you like sooner. Mm. So you don't have to get to a place where you're, you've been with them for years and years. And now you're only just realising like this is a toxic relationship. When you know your worth, you know exactly what you have to offer. But with that also comes your own expectations of what you expect to find mm. on the table. Yeah. And one thing our generation doesn't do is that they they have this friend zone thing, in it, where they can't date someone who's their friend. Yeah? Oh, my days. When, when back yeah. in the day, people would be getting married to their best friends. And almost I feel like our generation rushes a lot still. I mean... I feel like in our generation, I'm definitely one of the people who rushed a lot yeah. into certain relationships. Same. Do you know what? Yeah, I was going to ask you a lot. What do you guys think about the friend zone? Surely it's better to date someone who you have been friends with yeah. because you know them. Like you, you know them, you know the good and the bad. I'm not saying that every friend that you're friends with, like every male friend, for example, for me, I have the desire to date. Like, I don't look at, to be honest, most of them, I'm like, oh, you just my G, like, it is what it is, isn't it? Like, we're just friends. But there's obviously, like, one or two that you're going to be like, mm, you're a sweet one. But <laughs> because we're friends and we've been friends for, like, a particular amount of time, sometimes a really long time, you feel as though you can't go beyond that. But I feel like almost, like, what's the problem? Like, what do you guys think? I don't think there's a problem with going from the friend zone. For me, I think it's always you always want to have like a credential. I think this is just personally like so. If you were gonna meet someone like through an app or whatever, it, I think like an optimum is maybe like having some friends in common, right? Because then you have you have that like okay, well if they're friends with them, then that's pro they're probably quite sound. Yeah, it's true. What about you, Daisy? It's it's hard to say. I think like I I, I agree with everything that you're saying, um, both of you. But like I've never fancied a friend or like. I feel like once it gets past a couple of months, whatever that, that switch like turns off for me. Yeah. So it's always like people I've dated have always been people that I don't know at all. Um, but I've often done, I actually have often done it the other way, the other way around, like um, started a relationship or started even dating or seeing someone and it's turned into oh. friendship. That's the way around I've That's tended to do it. I've, I've never had that uh, experience, the reverse. No, <laughs> yeah, I've never had that, you know. It's tricky. I think it's more common in like the queer community then like I think straight people tend to be done with their their partners and then you know they say goodbye and never see them again but I think that's harder in these like smaller circles mm. um to do that yeah so you sort of end up staying mates with people yeah which I think is nice I don't think you have to be on bad right. like, bad terms with everyone all the time hold up what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
if I was to give my younger self advice, it would be a pretty long conversation. <laughs> it's totally fine to say exactly what you want to the person that you're with. Because if you're being your true self, then that person that's right for you will always love that. If I could give one piece of advice to my younger self about love and relationships, it would be to have them. <laughs> I thought it would be interesting if we all sat down and came up with like a how to understand relationships guide. Let's go with like the first point I feel is quite important in a relationship, which is trust. What ways do you guys think are good to build trust with people? With me, my perception is I trust you until you give me a reason not to. But what are some things you guys think about trust and good ways of building trust? I was going to say, I actually, I agree with you. I think that's a good way to approach things. I also feel like it's it's easy to say, but I think jealousy is like a, quite a pointless way of approaching a relationship. And I think if you're going to have a partner that cheats or you're in a monog monogamous relationship, they're going to cheat anyway. So like, don't waste time stressing out about it until they give you a reason to do so and then deal with it then rather than constantly be worrying about whether they're going to cheat or not. I think that's just a waste and can actually push people away. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think trust and respect is so are so linked right and it's like uh you're trusting someone that they respect like you or what you think or these like experiences or thoughts or feelings that you're sharing with someone i yeah. agree what yeah. about you Amelia? i feel like the only way you can really build trust um is like through communication and i think people will just they always shy away from actually having like real honest conversations and that's why there's a lack of trust because there's a lack of understanding of each other as well yeah it gets on to my next question is that how can we identify when, you know, something in a relationship changes? Do you know mm. what I'm saying? Like a certain something might happen throughout the duration of the relationship where one person or the other person now seems like they're a different person. You know, you're not the same person I fell in love with. Mm. How can we tell when the relationship is changing? And like, what, what's the best thing to do when we notice that? I feel like a lot of the time people can be in denial about what is a red flag because we perhaps haven't set those boundaries for ourselves anyway. So one thing I would say really is just trust your gut, trust your instincts and don't assume, just ask. Amen. So like if something seems off to you, then I would just ask a question. You don't have to start an argument. Like there's ways to do it, obviously, like communicate with how, like communicate how you want to be communicated with in it. And no one wants to be shouting and screaming, but trust your gut as well. Don't, don't sleep on it mm. just because, you know, you like the person and you want it to work. Like if it's making you unhappy, then... You should speak on it. What about you guys? I guess there's two things there because, like, the idea that relationships change and is one thing, and like relationships always change. Um, I think, and like Amelia mm -hmm. was saying just now and before as well, like that is why communication is just getting into that habit of checking in and being like, "How are you feeling? What's going on?" And also just being like, "Oh, I'm feeling like this." Getting into that habit, you can kind of like navigate those changes in a good way and I think like what is currently going on with like the pandemic is quite a good example of that of like I think we all I think a lot of people are checking in more and being like I'm actually just feeling really anxious or weird and I think that's like a positive thing to be doing and I think red flags I think for me like quite a good tester is would you is like would you tell someone is talking to other people and being like this behavior like do you think this is weird and I think 
what a really big flag is often if there's a behavior going on that you don't want to tell anyone or like, oh, I don't want to tell my friend because like, then they won't like this person or something like that. But it can also be really difficult. And I think it's like not always that straightforward as well. Um, And that's why I think also having people around you that you can talk about your relationships with is like really, really important. Yeah, I think I, I agree with Anna. If you don't feel comfortable telling somebody else, then that's probably quite a big red flag. And also like if someone's treating you in the way that you wouldn't want to see your friends or family members and be treated, then I think that's also a red flag. You know, what would you tell your friend if their partner was behaving in that way? Um, and what would your advice be to them? How would you treat them? But applying it to yourself. And with that, like, we can move on to boundaries, yeah? Because I want us to now have a little discussion about the whole... I don't even know what to call it, but when people started asking their partners to the passwords of their phone and they wanted to be checking their phone every oh other day, goodness. how do you guys feel about that? I'd say it's a no-no. Not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, go on, Daisy. Yeah, I just don't think there's any situation in which you would need someone's passwords or be, like, looking through their personal things. I don't think there's any scenario I can think of in which that would be healthy. Um, That's my opinion. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think a narrative that's really dangerous that we get, like, sold again from a very young age is this, like, it's really romantic to be, like, obsessed with each other and that it's, like, not, like... Mm. it's actually quite dangerous I think and I think it's interesting because it's like that obsession or that being with each other always or like having to talk to each other always is seen as this romantic thing whereas it's also a massive red flag and often that can be a way that people get into that by by making it seem super romantic and Mm. like a sign of like really building trust and doing all this stuff whereas actually it's it's a very controlling move I think no I agree I think it's actually like it's a hint towards something that could potentially become really dangerous and abusive and it's also just controlling and possessive and like you said people just really idealize or kind of romanticize like the whole uh, having each other's passwords or just having so much access to each other all the time like this is your phone Mm. with your friends and your personal chats and it's like say if you had if if you had a concern about what was going on in a relationship like you're not even allowed to really talk about anything with anyone because the other person has, like, your passwords to your phone. And you know what? It's not even that. It, it goes deeper, like, it's not even just the password to your phone. If they have your password to your Instagram or your Snapchat and whatever, they can log in from their own phone. If someone asked me for my password, I would obviously didn't, like, say no, like, what the hell. But also I just think, like, there's something maybe we shouldn't be together or maybe we don't trust each other enough. Maybe there's something missing, like, we're not yeah. like, communicated about some kind of worry that he has or something like that. And it's also just the assumption that I'm doing something wrong, all in the eyes of wanting to be transparent, but that's not really transparent. It's just controlling, isn't it? But the thing, the thing is that the person who asks for the password more time is insecure. And then yeah. when, they set, when they go and look at what they wanted to look at and they see nothing there, they kind of feel like an like a idiot because it's like, why didn't I just trust you and believe what you were telling exactly. me? Exactly. So how how would you guys advise people in these situations when it comes to setting boundaries within your relationships and reminding your partner that you are still your own person as well as like very much involved and in love with them and in the relationship as well? Like how do we healthily have those discussions so that it doesn't turn into an argument? What would you guys suggest doing? I think keeping 
keeping keeping on doing what you enjoy and like keep having your life and having your so and keeping up with your friends and having your social time and like not feeling any sort of pressure to invite the partner that you're with to like all of your stuff or like just being very aware that like you're you're allowed to have your own thing and that doesn't make you selfish or like yeah self-obsessed or anything you're allowed your own stuff checking in whether you feel comfortable saying no to stuff as well or like again feeling whether you feel comfortable to be like actually I just feel like a bit like I need some space or I actually really feel like I need to hang out with you right now like either way just practicing like being on having that like kind of honest communication and not like people pleasing what about you Daisy what are you thinking there's no hard and fast rule because every person is different. Every relationship's different. I guess some people are monogamous, some people aren't. Some people are long distance, some people live together. So it's like mm. knowing yourself and what you're comfortable with in a relationship and then checking in with your partner that you're on the same page. I feel like if we understood that everyone has their own pace and understood each other, that a lot of situations and problems would be avoided just through that simple understanding. Definitely. And I think it's also like about like expectations of a relationship is really interesting because, again, I think a narrative like we get sold is that like you fall in love and they are literally everything like from a relationship. You get like showered with love. It's like a mate, like loads of like desire and like really sexy and all that like attraction as well as being like your best friend, as well as being like someone who you're going to spend the rest of your life with like there is so much expectation and that is like not going to happen with one person so it's also like what other networks do I have yeah and I think again Mm. like feeling comfortable to to say that back to someone as well and be like I'm here for you but I can't be everything to you and like Mm. what do you need or what do you want and like where else can can you like be looking for that I think is quite important I feel like I know a lot of like I know that a lot of people, um, when they get into a relationship, that thing becomes the only thing that they are engaging with. So they kind of, they cut off their friends, not even intentionally cut them off. They just don't communicate with their friends anymore. They don't chill with other people. You know, like if there's an outing or whatever, they won't go because they're with their boyfriend or girlfriend. And I just think like, when something goes wrong with you guys, you're gonna be 10 times more heartbroken about whatever the situation is, because that has become all that you know so when that thing shatters you haven't got anything else to fall back on you have no one else to turn to and speak to because your friends by that point will probably be pissed off with you like because they haven't heard from you so they're not really going to be so like receptive to whatever you're saying so I actually wanted to ask following on from that how as people like outside of someone else's relationship how do we step in when we see that like our close friend or family members like are in a toxic relationship is it our place to do it? If if we do, how do we interject without being like intrusive in someone else's relationship? Yeah, I have some experience of this. And this is one ma- major thing that I think sex and relationship education is failing, has a- always failed on, is like making sure that people know that even if someone's not like hitting someone, it can still be abuse and like actually really dangerous. Mm-hmm. And also this idea of like, whoa, let's not get involved. Like if I had my time again, I'd have gotten way more involved. <laughs> like from a much earlier stage and been like whoa hold up this isn't how you treat someone but again like that's it's also very difficult and Santos it was really interesting what you were saying like right at the beginning about how like when you're in something it's really hard to understand it and then you look back and it's interesting because when you're in that and you're going through like a really toxic relationship or or abuse 
it's hard because you don't want people to be like, stop seeing this person because at the end of the day, like that person is becoming your world and that person is also making your world them. So, so it's hard as a friend because you've got to stay there and you've got to be like, you've got to name it and be like, this is worrying me, but like, I'm not going anywhere. And I think that's really difficult as a friend to do. There are really good phone lines and stuff to call. And I actually think like always err on the side of being cautious because speaking to like a proper, like a professional and being like, oh, I'm witnessing these behaviours, I'm a bit concerned. And they can tell you like, oh yeah, that's not, you know what I mean? Like that's, I would act on that. And that can that can stop making you feel dramatic as well. Mm. But I would I would actually now always err on the side of like speaking up. Don't think like, oh, I won't get involved. But obviously be careful how you do. And yeah, let the person know that like they're valuable and they're like, that they deserve to be respected and you respect and love them I think so if someone listening to this felt like they might not be happy in their relationship or they're noticing things that they're like not comfortable with do you guys have any like final bits of advice for how to open that conversation with their partners or even with their friends as well I think trust your gut like Santos said is really important often it can be quite good to breach these breach these subjects when you're not like in an intense situation don't do it after 8pm. That would be my number one thing because otherwise we'll just get into a massive argument and we'll <laughs> sleep. Do it maybe when you're, when you're on a walk would probably be best, I think. Or when you're doing something like cooking. Um, I think it's easier to have open conversations when you're not like dramatic, like intensely sat opposite somebody. Yeah. And then the other thing I'd say is if you're like scared or worried, if you feel like you can't speak to someone, it's not a failure on your part. Like your safety is also really important. And sometimes you, it's not safe to have those conversations. And um, I think if you're in that situation, I think it's important to talk to like a friend or a loved one and get advice or like one of the helplines I mentioned when you're out of the house. The National Domestic Abuse Helpline is really great. And they also have email and web chat available, which is really good during this time if you're living with anybody. Um, and Women's Aid, I've personally used before as well. And they're really, really lovely. And Daisy? I echo Anna's advice um, exactly. I think the only thing I would add is like, obviously things have changed in the past month and it's not like a usual scenario. You might be stuck with someone. Um, so I think thinking through the practical side of things as well is important and figuring out an exit strategy, if that's the right, if that's the right term, if that's the right phrase, is important as well, in more so than it, perhaps it would have been in the past. The relief that you'll feel when you're out of a situation that's toxic is going to be greater than the pain that you're feeling while in it. So put yourself first at all times, even if it means losing that man crush or woman crush, you know, that you've been wanting for ages. Do you two want a job at Split Banana? Well, you know, if you're yeah. hiring, <laughs> you know, I might just, you know, if you're hiring, I might just take you up on that. Might have to see what's popping. <laughs> Thank you, Anna and Daisy, for coming in. It was lovely to talk to you guys and Amelia about healthy and toxic relationships. Yeah, thank you, guys. Conversation was sick. I loved it. Me too. Thanks for having us. It's been so fun. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. It's been a pleasure. I feel like people who listen to this will realise that talking about it helps a lot and just talking in general helps 
someone understand themselves a lot more than just trying to keep it all in and try to figure things out alone. It's kind of swept under the rug a lot. And I think it needs to be brought to light, like recognising toxic behaviours and also understanding how to navigate through relationships, especially like as we're quite young. Um, I feel like that teaching is really important. So I think this conversation would definitely help a lot of people because it helped me. Thank you for listening to Vent Daily. I've been Amelia. And I've been Santos. And thanks a lot to Anna and Daisy for coming on. You can find Anna's website at splitbanana.co.uk and Daisy's work on vice.com. This episode was produced by the Vent Production team. Jess Lawson, Amelia Gill, Moeed Majid and Ali Addington. Vent is a collaboration between Vice and Brent, London Borough of Culture 2020. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs>